We are all works in progress. What if we took that a step further? Inspiring people to pause for a moment and ask themselves, what else is possible? Creating awareness and getting curious about your life. And that's what this podcast is all about. Go do the thing. Do it messy and do it anyway. Choose joy. Get curious about your life. What amazing possibilities have you not considered in your life today? Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Discovering Amazing Possibilities podcast. It's an exciting day here for the show, not just because I have an amazing guest joining me, but today's episode is the kickoff for season three of the podcast. And I'm so excited. I can hardly stand it. But I just wanted to take a moment to share my gratitude with you all and let you know that I'm feeling so very grateful to those of you who have supported and encouraged me along the journey, to those of you who have listened to the podcast from the very start of season one until now, and who continue to support the show, who continue to listen to my episodes that I have out every two weeks, even if it's a solo episode. I appreciate you, and I I feel very honored that I have the ability to create a podcast where I get to share topics of inspiration, growth, and expansion. I get to bring on guests who enjoy continuing the discussion of discovering amazing possibilities in their own life and on their journey of growth and expansion. This podcast has really been a labor of love over the past two years. It'll be two years in October. We're almost to October. So I'm considering this as a milestone for me. And I just really love it. I love creating episodes that really get you thinking about your own life in all areas of your life. So I hope you enjoy today's episode My guest is Rachel Walker from the Not Tonight Project, and we're talking about creating amazing possibilities in your sex life. I did want to offer a small disclaimer. If you are listening to today's episode and you have the presence of little ears in the room, you may decide to press pause and return to it later on as some of the topics discussed are a little more mature and adult in nature, but I will leave that up to your own discretion. My guest is Rachel Walker from the Not Tonight Project. Rachel is the creative director of the Not Tonight Project, where she talks about all things pertaining to women's sexuality in long-term relationships. She has a background in film, photography, and coaching, which really gives her a unique combination of skills that lends well to encouraging women to speak their stories aloud, as well as create content to support women on their own sexual journey. She lives in Seattle with her husband of 14 years and three children. And in her free time, you can find her walking in the local forest trails with some groovy music in her earbuds. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you for being here. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Well, today we're going to talk about creating amazing possibilities in your sex life. But before we do, could you share a little bit about who you are and what is your greatest passion in life as a human being? Mm. So a little about who I am. I mean, that bio kind of sums me up in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah, I, I am someone who loves to learn. 
who has a zest for life and always has my hands in a million different places. <laughs> so um, the Not Tonight Project is something that I am dedicating a lot of my heart to right now, but um, I'm someone who does a lot of things outside of that as well. Um, I also, you know, having three kids, my life is always going a hundred directions at once. Um, we're in the middle years of elementary and middle school. And so there's a lot of activities to drive kids to and animals to take care of. We have three pets. Um, <laughs> we have just lots going on all the time. Um, I'm also the art docent at my kiddos school. So I'm in and out you know, creating art projects with them as well. It's, it's fun. It's a busy season for sure. <laughs> as far as passion goes, like I said before, I have a passion for learning and a passion for, uh, just exploring. Um, I have a very adventurous heart. I have a little bohemian streak in me, even though I also am deeply organizational and orderly in my heart. And so, um, I just love I don't know. Is it weird to say I love everything? I really love a lot of things. <laughs> no, I think that's perfect to say you love a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, creative streak, and but you're also organized, and you sound like you have a passion for helping people exploring their own lives and and discovering their passions as well. So, how were you guided onto this journey of creating the Not Tonight Project? Could you tell us a little bit about that? And what really sparked inspiration in creating the space for women to share their stories of sexual transformation in long-term yeah. relationships? Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is our focus is long-term relationships. Um, I feel like I've been on a journey for many, many years in discovering myself and my own sexuality and really defining it for myself because I grew up as one of the many, many human beings, I'd say women in particular, who um, were handed a very clear script of what sex was supposed to look like um, and what my sexuality was allowed to fit into. I got married young. And as I grew in my sexual self throughout my marriage, I realized how much was given to me that I needed to wrestle with and redefine for myself. I grew up in a religious home with a lot of purity culture kind of seeping in at the cracks. Um, if you're not familiar with what purity culture is, it is just basically the sexual ethic of the evangelical Christian church that people usually refer to purity culture as what was talked about in the 90s and into 2000s a little bit. And so I I definitely had that influence um, when I approached my relationships and my marriage, and I just had a lot to grapple with. And so when I hit about eight years into marriage, uh, I realized I just, there was something missing. There was something deeply missing in my own sex life, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I ended up taking a course online that helped me kind of reclaim what I needed for my sexuality. And, um, our, our marriage grew and our sex life grew and just transformed in some ways that I didn't really know was either possible or really how to attain until I just did a lot of that reclaiming for myself. And I have learned as time has gone on that that is, I am not an isolated 
experience. There are so many women out there who have a lot of reclaiming to do because we all are handed messages, whether we grew up within a religious context or not, we are all handed some sort of message about sexuality that we internalize. And if we don't take a good, hard look at it, it's going to affect us in negative ways. And so our project is so much about recognizing what we've been given and taking a good, hard look at it and redefining it for what we need in our own sexuality. Can you expand a little bit upon that, what you mean by sexual transformation in long-term relationships? Yeah. So I'd say that for women in particular, and I'm going to speak to the more female experience because that's what I know, but I would say that I have seen this in, in many other women's lives that I've talked to as well, is that like I was saying how we are handed a lot of messages and scripts about who we are supposed to be and how we're supposed to show up sexually. Um, I think the biggest piece of transformation that really we require in order to have an amazing sex life is to take a look at those messages, play with them, mold them around, strip away the things that don't work for us and develop a sex sexual ethic then that truly fits who we are, what we need, what we desire. And that process is very transformational because what I've also seen is that when women do this, it goes far beyond the bedroom and it trickles into all areas of their life. Like I will never forget. I had a friend who did some of this work in her own life. And I remember the first time I saw her because this was kind of during the COVID years. And I I remember the first time I saw her after she had done this work because we didn't see each other very often during COVID, right? And I remember her standing on her front step and greeting me and saying hello and talking to me and her entire body exuberated this glowing, fresh freedom that I had not seen in her before. And I was just blown away at how much, like, cause I knew the kind of work she was doing in her sex life. And I could see it radiate out her body in an environment that had nothing to do with sexuality. It was amazing. (laughs) So it really is connected to all parts of our lives. Not, I believe so in the bedroom. I know you um, talk about on your podcast, you know, the path to healing begins in the bedroom, but then Mm -hmm. where you take it is sort of your own journey and discovering you and, you know, what yes. your wants, what your needs, what your desires are, that's important. But that's also important outside the bedroom as well. Yes, yes. And I think as women, we struggle to know our needs because we are not taught how to have needs. <laughs> We're taught to be attuned to others' needs. And yes. so- Or in mm-hmm. society, we're told they have to be structured or they have to look this way or yes. don't do that. Right. Be the girl, stay mm-hmm. alive, be, yes. you know, what is it? Seen and not heard, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So many rules to follow. And I think the more rules we keep on, the harder it is to explore sexuality because sexuality is so playful and free and intuitive that when all of that is being crushed our whole lives, no wonder we end up in these relationships and feel like we have no clue where to start. Yes. So it's more to do with not necessarily equating sex and intercourse and all the things mm-hmm. that you, 
typically think of, but Mm -hmm. more to do about the connection and so much more outside of that. Oh, yes. And this is something I could talk about for a long time. (laughs) Please do. Please share. One of the very common scripts that we all get is that sex is intercourse. When we use the word sex, we're talking about a very specific act and we're talking about, you know, penetrative orgasm really. And um, we're just going to use all the words here today. You know, when we are taught when we're younger, how babies are made, we're taught the mechanics of intercourse orgasm, you know, baby making. And oftentimes our sexual education does not go far beyond that. And so we are left with these gaping holes. And then we learn as we grow that, oh, some things can feel good or not good. And there's pleasure and there's, there's nuance and there's, you know, there's all this stuff. And it can feel very confusing when we've been taught the definition of sex is one thing. And then we discover there's actually other things around it. But then the world keeps telling us that intercourse is like the end all be all. And this is what you want to aim for. And if you're not doing this with your partner, something's wrong with you and all of this. And I think something I have just spent a lot of time meditating over a lot of, I've seen a lot of women go through this process themselves is recognizing that when we can unpair sex with intercourse and have intercourse just be on the list of activities that can happen during a sexual experience, then we can allow ourselves more freedom and not get so caught up in the guilt over what we are or are not doing and what formula we are or are not following in our experiences. Therefore, creating amazing possibilities. And Indeed. Yes. Being curious about that, right? Yes. Yes. There are so many possibilities to explore when you're not married to one specific action or one path of sex. Like you see in the movies, like any sexual activity that we are exposed to is, you know, you start with a little bit of affection that gets a little more heated. And then there's certain steps that happen. And then it always ends with orgasm, his, his orgasm. And, you know, sometimes it'll show a a woman having that experience as well, but it's always at the same time as him. (laughs) And it always is so easy and effortless. And then there's no cleanup and you just sit there in bliss forever. And it's just, it's so unrealistic and it glorifies this certain path that for some people, isn't that enjoyable, to be honest. There's a lot of women I know that just don't enjoy orgasm or don't enjoy intercourse per se, or aren't don't have a whole lot of experience with orgasm and need to explore ways to develop that that don't involve intercourse. Yeah. More possibilities, lots of possibilities. <laughs> and some of the content that you've created that I've seen, you talk about these five concepts. So there's five concepts that are really key to developing a strong, lasting sexual relationship. Could you touch upon what those are and how they are key to developing that relationship? Yes. So um, something that we talk about a lot in the Not Tonight Project. So we talk about this more in um, on our social media, in our Patreon, um, in more of the content that we create is these five C's that we believe are the key to a lasting thriving sexual relationship. And so those five C's are context, compassion, curiosity, connection, and commitment. 
And all five of them, I believe are really, really important uh, in a relationship and to cultivate and, and recognizing that some of them are going to be stronger in some seasons than others. And it's just always important to kind of have a temperature read on how those five things are doing in your relationship. So I'll explain them one by one. So context is this concept that everything in our life has story and meaning behind it. For example, when we show up in the bedroom, if there is something that we are not enjoying or is just not working for us, instead of getting upset about it, it's looking around it. What is happening around this circumstance, around this activity, around this emotion that is making something hard for me and recognizing it's not about the other person nearly as much as (laughs) we like to think. There's so much in our own story that's leading to this moment. Getting really familiar with your own story and your own context is essential to having a thriving relationship because then you're able to identify things going on in yourself and share them and have space for them and process them and work through them as time goes on. So that's the first one is context. The second one, um, I said them out of order earlier. The second one is curiosity which I think you and I both enjoy this one Um, in that concept of possibility. uh, I think that the more that we can cultivate curiosity in ourselves and toward our partner, the better off we're going to be. So curiosity is going to help us look at things that we love and don't love with a introspective, theoretical, just kind of, it's separating our ourself from some of our experiences and being able to take a step back and look at them from afar. And um, I think that this gives a lot of opportunity for just gentleness with ourselves. Um, I think all of these C's actually lead into each other too, which I think is, is fun. So I think context definitely leads into curiosity. We get curious about the context, you know, and then we have compassion for the curiosity So there, it all kind of leads into each other. So curiosity is just, I think a really valuable trait. And it also takes some of the emotional intensity out of a moment and makes things feel less personal. So I think that can sometimes be one of the biggest challenges in any sexual encounter is taking things really personally. So these five C's help you take things a little less seriously, a little less personally, and recognize we're all coming in with our own stuff into this experience. All right. So that's context, curiosity, compassion. Um, that's just a little deeper tenderness towards yourself and your partner. Uh, I think that compassion also kind of embodies the concept of kindness toward yourself and the other, and just communicating with softness and gentleness. That's just a really important thing to cultivate in any relationship, but I think it's definitely needed in the bedroom as well. Then there is connection. The fourth one is connection. That is obviously, I mean, everybody wants connection, right? Connection is key in any sexual relationship, any relationship in general, but the more you can cultivate a connection that is holistic and not just around sexual behavior, but, you know, emotional and mental and just acknowledging that connection can look like a lot of things. There's some nights when my husband and I, like all either of us have energy for is just sitting shoulder to shoulder on the couch and watching a show that means nothing, you know, and that can still be connection. As long as that's not every single day of your life, 
that TV time can be really connecting time. I think exploring a wide variety of connections is really important. And then number five is commitment. So something that I am really passionate about personally is the commitment to growing with your partner. And I think that this is something that is not always easy to pursue as a couple, but it is really, really important because all those other C's that connection, compassion, curiosity, context, all of those things are well and good. But if you're not like committed to do this in the day in and day out in the seasons that are busy, that are hard, that are sad, that are full of fear and unknown, like those are the times when that commitment is really going to show up. And those other C's are going to matter even more because you are showing that it matters to you to continue to do them. Hopefully that makes sense. There's a lot of words. I love that so much. Yes. Thank you for sharing those concepts and Mm -hmm. uh, expanding upon those. I think, Mm -hmm. like you said, I think they do all lead into, and they're all interconnected and Mm -hmm. the end result is the, the big piece of it is the commitment and Mm -hmm. showing up. Yes. Yes. And we actually have a free resource at, um, the not tonight project. If you find us on Instagram, you can find our free key to closeness quiz. And that quiz, uh, once you, it's actually a printable PDF, you can self-assess and you can kind of look back over your answers and things like that. Depending on what you, what your result is, you will find out which of those five C's needs the most support and development in your current stage. And so it gives you some practical tips on how to explore and deepen each of those areas. And so even if you get a score that says you could really use some more compassion in your relationship, you can see all the other information for the other C's. And so you can pull from whatever you want to start with, (laughs) but it can be a helpful diagnosing tool just to kind of get the juices flowing and see what, what can we use some more support in right now? And now you have a podcast as well, the not tonight podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about that too? Yes. So I've just been talking all about our, like basically the content that we put out, but the podcast is different in that we're not doing a whole lot of educating on the podcast. Our podcast is about elevating women's stories. And so something that we think is extremely valuable uh, for any woman to do the work in their sex life is to hear other women doing it themselves. And what does it look like for a woman in, in a marriage that it's gone on for many, many years. And all of a sudden it really needs a jolt of electricity to bring things back to where it needs to be healthy, healthy. Or what does it look like to do the work coming off of a divorce where you were in this long-term relationship and it's ended? Or what does it look like to do the work early on in your marriage? What does it look like to do the work with, you know, there's so many different environments and nuances when it comes to studying your sexuality and just, there's lots of different life life circumstances. And so we want to capture as many diverse experiences and stories as we can. And so our podcast, we are, we are actually on our third season right now. And each season we have 10 interviews with 10 women who have real life relationships, real life experiences with their own long-term partner. And we just ask them a bit about what led them to the relationship they're currently in and what they needed to shed from their past and how they are now living in a transformed space in their present. 
And so it's just been really powerful to have conversations with women in different life stages and who've gone through different things and just hear what transformation looks like for them. And we've talked with some really cool women. We've just had some really amazing stories featured on our podcast. And it's just so rewarding getting to hear where women have been and where they've come from and where they are now. Yeah, I can only imagine. I enjoy listening to your podcast when you have the episodes you. out. And congratulations on season three. That's exciting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so if you don't mind sharing, this one's a little yeah. bit personal, but how has doing this work really helped you in creating amazing possibilities in your own sex life? Well, there is no TMI over here, so I'm right. happy to share. Okay. We'll <laughs> let the listeners know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I would say that something before I did the work in my own sex life and before I went through this transformational process for me, um, I lived in a place of so much performance for myself. I was constantly judging myself on what I was doing. Was I doing it well enough? Was I doing it often enough? Did he like it? It had nothing to do with my personal experience. It was all about what was expected of me or what I thought was expected of me. Um, I have a husband who was not ever pressuring me for sex. Um, I know that's not the same story as everybody else out there, but for my experience, I was not being pressured. I was applying that pressure myself. And I was the person who tracked when we had sex for a decade I spent 10 years tracking our sexual activity and I would look back over the months and be like, oh, we did it this many times. That was a good month. Or, oh man, we just haven't had sex very much. That was a bad month. And I would straight up rate my sex life based on frequency. That was all it was about for me was how often. And the frequency was again, all related to intercourse. How frequently were we having intercourse and him orgasming, you know, like that was the rating system of our sex life. And it just turned into me feeling so much guilt, me feeling constantly like just something was missing. Something was off, something was wrong. And we also, I'd say the other thing too, that was limiting us beforehand was, um, I would not want to initiate any sort of flirtatiousness, sensual activity, unless we both knew it was going to lead to sex, lead to intercourse, lead to more like genital involvement, because there was this story that both of us held that there, there was danger in arousal and arousal was this thing that was was this wild experience that once it got turned on, then there was, you know, either it needed to be fulfilled or you were then going to be tempted for that fulfillment elsewhere. And so I felt kind of trapped. I felt like I couldn't express myself in certain ways or at certain times out of fear. And this was, again, something that I think my husband and I both had internalized over the years from different messaging. And it was just stunting our ability to be playful. It just made the whole experience very serious. So yeah, that was one of the ways in which I just felt 
there's just something missing. I will say now here on the other side of those two things, I will say that I have not tracked my sexual activity in years now, in like five years. Uh, And so that's over. I'm done. No, thanks. It's over. I am so grateful because there will be times when I might think to myself again, when was the last time? And I'm like, you know, no, we don't No, We're not going there. Like (laughs) we're not thinking about it. Like we're just, we're not going to go back to that, that escape from being chained to frequency and frequency being the indicator. It has changed everything that has been an amazing possibility that I have discovered is that I can think about what is our connection like in the day to day and not when was the last time intercourse, orgasm, sexual activity happened. Now it's when was the last time I connected with my husband? Have I connected with him today? And I've realized that I care far less about the more, I'm going to use air quotes here, typical (laughs) sexual frequency. And I care so much more about the connection frequency and my desire for connection is very frequent. I might not want to have intercourse every day, but I absolutely want to connect with my husband every single day. I have a deep desire for that. And so having that be more of my barometer feels so much healthier and feels so much more expansive because there's so many ways to connect that it just opens so much up for us. I bet that was such a freeing thing for both of you and also Mm -hmm. opening up not just to your own curiosity, but to his and how you were, you were connecting in the past and yeah. shifting to a whole nother realm of curiosity right. and possibilities and yes. say, well, you know, in the past, maybe I really liked that. And I mm-hmm. felt desire for that, but right now that's, that's not really working for me anymore. Yeah. And how about this? Right. Or Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and like said, let's just connect and watch a movie on the couch. Yes. Yes. And it's not like we didn't do those things before they didn't quote unquote count. They just didn't count as connection or they didn't count as close enough, or, you know, it was like second rate connection to sexual connection, which I think I put on this pedestal. And so now it's a far more evened out kind of ranking system in my head. And so there's no first place, second place, third place connection. It's, it's all good. So, so as you were growing up, were you, because you mentioned you came from sort of a religious background, Mm -hmm. were you taught that you needed to be or show up as a, as a certain what type of wife or, oh yeah. uh, Yes. Had that pressure to, this is just such an old age term, but be, you know, that like serve our husbands, so to speak. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. I grew up just being in the evangelical world. I grew up in very, in all of that messaging, um, you know, wives are supposed to be and act a certain way. And, you know, sex is essential to your relationship at a certain frequency level. Otherwise you put your husband in danger and his arousal is going to cause him to do bad things elsewhere. And so, you know, there was a lot of fear around sex, you know, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't turn it on. Don't do any of this until you get married. And then once you are married and you can do this, 
you better do it a lot or else he's going to go do other things. And it's just like, it's turning men into predators and animals and it doesn't benefit anybody. This is putting men down just as much as it's putting women in a box. It's just sad. And there's been so many studies done about how damaging this is. Um, there's a whole book about it. I mean, there's several, but my favorite is Sheila Gregoire's uh, the, the Great Sex Rescue. So for anybody who's grown up in purity culture and needs some like undoing, go read that book. <laughs> but yeah, I grew up in churches that very much told women that their job was to fulfill their husband's sexual needs and that there were big consequences if you didn't. Wow. So did that feel like when you finally let go of that fear that was surrounding this? It was a slow untangling process. I would say it certainly was not like, I don't remember a moment in which that was gone for me. It was a lot of little conversations. It was a lot of little interactions, even just with my own husband and letting things go slowly and recognizing where he was so much stronger than that messaging made him out to be. And also I did not need to change my behavior based on his strength either. And recognizing that his arousal, his experience, his sexuality is his responsibility. He gets to own it. It's not my job to own that. And so one of the, like what I said earlier about arousal being a scary thing, it took us a year and a half after I started doing this transformational work for that process to completely change because it, there was a lot there that was dependent on my husband's response and my husband's processing of that as well, because his, he was taught that his arousal was scary. I was taught that arousal was scary. And so I started realizing, no, that's not my job. I don't need to manage his arousal. It's not, it's not my responsibility, but he was still kind of hanging on to that. Like this is still feeling overwhelming to me. And so he had to go through his own learning process to recognize that he's not a slave to his arousal, that he gets to decide what happens when he feels that. And it also is not like this, this sentencing to, to then getting a release for that arousal. Like we can feel arousal. It can be enjoyable and it can also fade away. Like it doesn't have to be an emergency every time. Yeah. And so on this side now, we are able to enjoy so much more affection and flirtatiousness and fun without arousal being like, uh Oh, we were flirting too much. Now he's aroused. Now, what are we going to do? Like it's, we're not scared of that anymore. It does not feel intimidating. I just, I actually said to him last week, I'll just say it right here. I just said to him last week, I was like, I love that. I am not afraid of your arousal. I love it. I love knowing when you're aroused and it is fun for me and it doesn't have to be a scary thing. I don't feel like I am, I have to do anything or like I owe you anything in that moment. I can just go, oh yeah, you, we like each other. You like me. This is fun. All right, cool. And then we can go about our day. It's so freeing. So freeing. (laughs) So So do you, you think that within society, there's still a little bit of taboo culture when talking about sexuality and sex and women in particular sharing stories like that, like you do on the podcast? I would say that from my experience, I do think there is a taboo in the sense that 
women are cautious of sharing their stories. Uh, not every woman, woman is going to want to come on our podcast and talk about what she's experienced. And so there is a taboo there. I also think that we are also seeing quite a movement toward a sex positive narrative when it comes to talking about sex. And so there, there is a lot more verbiage out there. There's a lot more information. It is becoming less taboo to learn and explore and, you know, follow your favorite sex expert and then get all your tips from them. You know, like they are out there. It's far more available than it's ever been. But I think that we're also seeing at least so because I still am within a religious community, I still see a lot of that evangelical mess that still exists around sexuality. And I think there's this, this reactivity going on to the sex positive culture that is raising up and the church is trying to figure out how to interact with it. And they're like wanting to hold their ground. Like, no, we still want to be pure. We still want to this, that, and the other, but we recognize that like shaming people is bad, but we still want to hold on to this sexual ethic. And so there's a big reckoning going on. I feel like within religious circles, not everyone wants to just stay where they've always been, but the growing process can be hard. I do think there's a taboo, but I do also feel a shift. I bet it's interesting to also observe from the outside to get a bird's eye view of all that as well. Yeah. Cause I don't feel like I live so heavily in the religious world where I'm in that muck and mire and in the mess of it. I feel like you said, I feel kind of like I'm floating above a lot of it. Not that I'm better than any of it, but just, I can see it and I'm seeing the, the world where there's sex positivity and anything goes. And, you know, I, I also see there's, there's some things I feel cautious of in that world where women are being called up to behave the way that men always have in sexuality as a response to their liberation. And I don't think that that's helpful either. Um, because when women are told you can go out and conquer just like men can, it's just creating a more violent culture around sexuality, honestly. So I think that's also a problem, but then the religious circles also are stuck and aren't really sure how to reckon with what the world is going through right now. And so I feel like I don't really belong anywhere in some senses. That's actually something that I love so much about our project is that we transcend both of those camps and any of the like hardcore camps that anybody lives in. And we're just listening. Like the majority of our project is listening. And so my co-host, uh, Caitlin Nohyski, she and I are both on every podcast. We co-interview our, our guests and she is someone who's not part of any religious community and I still have roots in that. And so we're able to interview people and come from multiple perspectives. And she and I have lots of conversations about sexuality and worldview and religion and like how all of that comes together. And it's put us in a really cool position to be kind of outside of a lot of those camps with their flags planted real hard in the ground. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So what's <laughs> one amazing possibility you discovered on this journey of creating the Not Tonight Project? And what's one amazing possibility that you've been considering, but just hasn't really showed up yet? 
let's see, something that I've already discovered is I am becoming more and more comfortable with, I guess, being seen and talking about sexuality. And it's something that like, I was extremely modest and fearful as a child around sexuality. I wouldn't talk to my parents. I was mortified of any sexual content. I was so shy. And so to be the one who is out there saying things like genitals and orgasm and (laughs) all sorts of things is just not what I thought I was going to be doing with my life. And I love that that is what has happened. And so just being more comfortable with talking about the hard things, I think that it helps me as I parent the next generation. It helps me as I am a friend. It helps me show up more honestly for myself in my own marriage and in my own relationship. I'd say that I've become more and more comfortable with myself and more in my own skin in doing this project. Really, it's doing something scary every day. Every day I'm talking about scary stuff and I'm talking about things that most people don't openly talk about. (laughs) And so it's just being courageous every day, I'd say is an amazing possibility I'm discovering. And then something that has yet to be discovered is that our project, like you said, we have a podcast, but that's not the only thing. Actually, from the beginning of this project, not tonight, this creation we have was always intended to be a film. And so this is something we are far away from realizing, but it is something that is in our hearts. Um, We're not really sure what form this film will take, who it will be centered on, but we feel a deep calling in our hearts for the Not Tonight Project to elevate stories in a visual way that comes into more people's homes and more people's lives through the method of filmmaking. We're not sure when that'll happen, but it's still very much important to us. So yeah. what else is possible, right? Exactly. Along mm-hmm. the journey, you discover these possibilities. Absolutely. Yes. And something we're actually another thing that we're in the process of discovering, I'd say it's closer to discovery than the film. We launched a Patreon over the summer, which uh, Patreon is a platform where you basically are a member and you receive exclusive content from whoever it is you've signed up for. And so our medium is sharing short videos of Caitlin and I talking about doing the work in your sex life. And so we launched that in the summer. We have some patrons. We've been having some conversations in there and something that we're going to be expanding into is having live conversations with groups of women like on zoom once a month. And so we're going to be expanding our Patreon to having that as an opportunity because we want to have more conversations with women, but we want women to be able to have those conversations in a way that's not necessarily published in a podcast. Um, Because we know there's lots of women who are in the process that want to have these chats and aren't really sure where to go. Like I am the person that I get random text messages and emails from friends I haven't talked to in years because they just wanted to tell me something that happened in the bedroom and they knew that I would be able to receive it and not be weird about it. And so (laughs) like, I know you're out there, ladies. I know there's women out there that really need to have these conversations or just burning with this desire to talk but don't have someone to talk to. And so we are going to be 
hosting those places for women to have those conversations and talk about what's going on in their own relationship uh, right here on the internet. We're going to be doing that soon. (laughs) Sounds wonderful. This has been such an amazing conversation with you, Rachel. I really appreciate you you for coming on the show today and sharing your wisdom and all about your not tonight uh, project community podcast and all the things. (laughs) Where can people find you? How can they connect with you? Thank you so much for having me today. I just am so grateful for the opportunity to share. It always helps me feel even my own jilt of inspiration and gratefulness for what we get to do. So you can find us on Instagram is kind of our primary method of communication right now. Um, We're at not tonight project, your Patreon community. Can I also put that information? That'd be great. Yes. Um, yeah. If you're interested in being a part of our Patreon, either just watching the videos for five bucks a month and being part of our Facebook community, if you like, or you can join us at a different tier, a different cost for, um, our online meetups, which we're going to be starting up soon. And then we also have a website, nottonight.org, where you can find our podcast. You can find more about us, all of that good stuff. So Yes. Excellent. I do a fun thing towards the end of my episodes and I have some rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Ooh, let's go. (laughs) What is the current book you are reading or have read? Oh, I have it right here next to me. Actually, it's called Desire, which is an inclusive guide to navigating libido differences in relationships. I am a nerd and I read a lot of books about sex. And um, then for fun, I actually just read Where the Crawdads Sing, which was great. (laughs) I love that. Have you seen the movie? Not yet. Not yet. But I will soon, I'm sure. (laughs) And what is a favorite snack of yours? First thing that's coming to my mind right now is dark chocolate sea salt caramels. I don't have very many of them at once, but mm, yes. And what is bringing you the most joy currently? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Right now, the fact that it's sunny in Seattle uh, is bringing me some joy. And I also am finding joy in really the art docent program that I am expanding this year at my kids' school. It's been really fun. I'm currently creating a slideshow all about Frida Kahlo, and we're going to be doing a project, some self-portraits in a couple of weeks. It'll be really fun. (laughs) fun. What age group are your kids? Uh, My kids are in second and fifth grade and I'm creating a art project for the whole elementary school. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Are your kids pretty creative in that sense as well? They are. um, Yes. My oldest is into music. My middle loves crafts and my youngest is very imaginative. He's not super big with paper and pen, but he really likes to create stories in his head, act them out. Well, thank you again, Rachel. We'll connect again soon, I imagine. I'm sure we will. Thank you so much, Carmen. If you enjoyed this episode or were inspired by something you heard, share the show with someone you know, or you can rate and review it. Rating and reviewing the show really helps to get it out into the world and into people's ears. And if you want to connect with me, Carmen Shields, I'm over on Instagram at AmazingPossibility or on my website at IamCarmenShields.com. 